again ladies and gentlemen this is ghost nobody ready to bring you chapter 21 of hunter hunted my original avp fan fiction i do hope you've been enjoying this little nostalgic trek through the avp universe that i created all them years ago and i do hope that you'll continue to walk with me as we get to the end of it and i do hope that you'll you know like subscribe leave me feedback wherever you can to let me know what you're enjoying what you don't enjoy well you know just get involved with us so you can either do that at fanfiction.net or archiveofourown.com or even now you can leave it at ghostnobody.com at my own website just look for hunter hunter redux which is the redid version of hunter hunted where every single week i'll be updating the chapters as i go through them rework them to be more in line with my current standards of writing and i'll also be adapting some of the chapters with new content not every chapter but some of them will have new content, new explanations, just all new things placed into it to kind of tie it into line with things like Hybrid Wars. So you can kind of see it a little bit better. So, without further ado, this is Ghost Nobody signing off and welcoming you to Hunter Hunted. Oh, and the usual legal disclaimer here, I don't own AVP. They're nothing to do with me, just to do with their own studios. Tick and Jack, they're mine. And they always will be. Let's get on with the show. Chapter 21. New Home, New Hope. Jack woke up feeling like he'd been cut apart and stitched back together by a blind man with a serious case of the shakes. Yujuda Medical Tech was seriously efficient and could cure just about anything you threw at it. But it was about as subtle as knocking on a door with a car. As his consciousness rebooted, he became more aware of everything around him. And it wasn't just the pain he realised. He was being gripped from behind. He smiled as he realised that one of Tick's hands planted squarely on his heart and their fingers were locked together in a lover's knot. The other hand was pressed on his stomach, forcing his body and hers into a perfect curve. Feeling her rough but soft skin pressed against the entirety of his back and her long legs entwined with his. He had to admit he was used to being the big spoon. But this was rather nice. There was something very comforting about being held like this. It felt safe. As he laid like that for a little while, he started to notice Tick twitching and moving. He heard her mandibles click more than once, and he realised it was not a happy click. He also heard his name murmured softly in her sleepy voice. A grip tightened on him more than once, and it almost seemed like she was trying to stop him from being taken from her. He figured she must be having a bad dream, so he decided to do a little comforting of his own. With a bit of work, considering Tip's grip was like a vice, he managed to disengage from her and turn it over in her arms, slipping his own arms around her large frame. He pulled himself tight to her chest and pressed his face into her shoulder. It's okay, my mate. I'm here, he whispered in a soft voice in her ear. With one hand he stroked the back of her te head tenderly, while the other he traced up and down her back, allowing its nails to softly rake into the curve of her spine. The effect was instantaneous. She immediately calmed and pulled him closer, her grip becoming more gentle and pleasant, yet still firm and very possessive. As Tick Aleth woke, the first thing that swam into focus was the face of her male. He was laid facing her with her, his arms blissfully wrapped around her. She could feel him stroking the back of her head 
as well as running his finger up and down the curve of her spine. Good morning, Sleeping Beauty. Sleep well? he asked in a cheerful voice. The feeling of his fingers stroking her spine made her purr in pleasure briefly, then smile back at him. I always sleep well with you beside me, she said softly. Ak flashed her his wonderful teeth and leaned in to kiss her. She opened her mandibles wide for him, and he slid his tongue into her waiting mouth, beginning a loving dance with hers that they both enjoyed so much. She never could quite find the words to describe just how much she adored the feeling of twisting and wrestling her tongue with his, before inviting him to leave her mouth and into his. They parted breathlessly from their passionate kiss. Tickelth smiled at the wonderful face of her mate. We're finally free of those porks, she said, and he smiled back at her. I know, and I've never been so happy in my life. We're free to live and love together for the rest of our lives. I suppose in a way, we do owe those sick fucks a debt of gratitude, Ack said, and Tickelth looked at him with a confused and surprised expression. Debt? What debt? He reached in and nuzzled the side of her face, planting a few soft kisses on her mandibles. Without them dragging me to that hellhole to hunt me, then I'd never met you, and I'd never known the power of true love, he said. His words made her purr softly. He realised he was right, surprisingly so. Without the bad bloods, never would have met, and she'd still be all alone. But now she was laid in bed, naked as the day she was born, in the arms of a male she loved more than life itself. As he ran his fingers over the skin of his back, she felt herself growing hot under the collar. She wanted to celebrate their victory and their love in the most beautiful way. The look in Ack's eyes, as well as the feel of his malehood pressing against her belly, told her he felt the same way. But he was still injured, and it would be risky for them. He seemed to read the hesitance in her eyes. It's okay, my love. Take me if you want me, but please be gentle. I got enough wounds for one day, he said in a soft growl in her ear, his words drawing a deep, purring growl from her throat. She rolled him onto his back and climbed atop of him, resting her weight on his hips. I will be gentle, my love. I will be slow. I wish to savour you. She purred seductively. With that, she reached between her legs and took hold of his throbbing malehood gently. With a large hand, she slowly peeled the skin back and exposed the large, bright purple head. She lined it up with her dripping entrance and moved down slowly, a little till his tip kissed her lower lips. Before moving down any further, she swirled her hips around in a circle causing his tip to rub around between her burning hot lower lips. This drew a gasp and a soft moan from both of them. After a few seconds of this, she couldn't take it any more. She needed him inside her now. She pushed down slowly, savouring each and every delicious inch as it forced her open. Her moan echoed around the room as she felt his throbbing flesh grind against her insides on her way to her molten core. Tickelleth moved her hands to her male's broad chest, gently raking her claws over his skin, and the wonderful sensation of him filling her body made her moan in delight. 
As soon as he was fully hilted inside her, she rested her remaining weight on his hips and sat there enjoying the sensation of once again being connected to her male. Then with a push, she withdrew him nearly all the way out of her, feeling his tip catching on every single ridge of her inner folds before sinking right back down on him again. She heard him moan in pleasure softly from under her, causing her heart to race. She loved knowing that she was making her male feel good with her body. After all, he'd suffered on her behalf. Making him feel good was the least she could do for him. Pretty soon, her pace increased. Each push was accompanied by a wet slap of their burning flesh connecting. He began pushing up into her with a downward thrust so they were now reaching as deep as they could into her molten hot core. Stroking it with his malehood, each push was now drawing a moan from her as the intense pleasure welled inside her. He suddenly grabbed her hips roughly and began to thrust harder and deeper into her. She leaned down onto him and grabbed up onto her. Each grabbed one another and pulled together in a passionate kiss as their bodies continually connected over and over again. Pretty soon neither of them could hold back. With a huge roar of pleasure, she screamed his name to the goddess. It echoed around the room as a mind-melting explosion of purest pleasure tore through her, causing her innermost walls to clamp down on her mail, its mate's throbbing malehood, holding it in place. After wave after wave of raw, intense pleasure crashed through her, only to be intensified again as she felt her love release inside her, sending jets after jet of hot, liquid pleasure into her core. After the sheer intensity of their mutual orgasm had passed, they lay there locked together in a blissful embrace, just enjoying the feel of each other. But eventually, they both begrudgingly broke from it, got up from their bed, and got dressed. As they made their way to the control room, they held hands as they walked. How long till we reach our destination? Jack asked. Tick was looking at the readouts. Too long for us to remain awake. We'll have to use the hypersleep bunks, she said softly. While Jack didn't like the idea of being asleep for that long, he figured that it would at least give his body a chance to heal up. Tickelth finalised a few things with the controls, like using the optical and sensor camouflage to hide the ship completely. She then took Axe's hand and led him down to the hypersleep quarters. He stood looking at the massive glass coffin-like contraptions, the whole premise of which being that sleep while the ship flew itself, with nobody at the helm really seemed like a bad idea to Jack. But he trusted Tick, and she didn't seem worried. She told him to strip to his underwear before getting in, and so he did. Noticed her doing the same. Despite what they had just done, he couldn't help but watch her. He felt so lucky to have found such an amazing woman out here in the depths of space. He knew the chances of them coming from totally different worlds, cultures and species and falling so completely in love with one another were astronomical. But yet, here they were. And the thought made him smile. Tick noticed him smiling at her and she smiled right back. Not worry, my love. We'll be together again soon, I promise, she said softly as Jack climbed into his hypersleep bunk. She placed all sorts of sensors on his chest and the readouts began to pop up on the wall panel next to the side of his bunk. 
Well, at least when I wake up, we'll be free and clear, he said. And together, Tick said. And with that, she closed the tube and the mechanism kicked in. The last thing Jack heard was a whirring noise. And the last thing he saw was Tick mouthing, I love you, clumsily with her mandibles through the glass. And then the black came for him. As Tick watched her knife mate fall into hypersleep, she smiled at him. She couldn't wait for the trip to be over. Then they could finally start their new lives together. She climbed into her own bunk after setting the auto-engage. She quickly placed the sensors on herself and the mechanism kicked in. And then the black came for her as well. Hypersleep is a dreamless state. It's like being in a void of infinite nothingness where neither time or reality seem to exist. But the benefit of that is long periods of time pass in the blink of an eye. The four years it took for Tick Elth and Jack to complete their voyage to the planet that Tick Elth had selected for them passed in what felt like a split second. The first thing that Jack became aware of was his own breathing. It seemed to echo around through his mind and his thoughts slowly reconnected to his consciousness. As soon as he was slowly able to open his eyes, it took a while for them to focus properly, and he did feel rather dizzy for a bit. But the capsule opened by itself, and a rush of air entered from the outside. To his left, he heard another capsule opening. He leaned forwards, just in time to see Tick's large hands grip the sides and pull herself forwards. She immediately looked over at his capsule and smiled as she saw him looking right back at her. It looks like we've arrived. He said, and she nodded. Our new home, she said happily. After getting themselves changed back into their gear, both of them went to the control room. Through the window, Jack smiled as he saw massive deep blue and browns of a massive planet. Tick dropped herself into the pilot's seat and started entering navigation data. She also scanned the planet for any hostile or sentient races, neither of which were detected. Thankfully, there was no traces of the bugs either. She looked at him with a smile. Where shall we make our home, my love? She asked softly. He thought for a moment before smiling. Well, I've kind of had enough jungles for a lifetime. So about a nice normal forest. Kind of like the thought of building a log cabin, he said. Tick clicked her mandibles happily and looked at the scan data before pulling up an image that showed a rather large forested area flanked by planes. It's perfect, he said, looking at the image of the massive trees moving with a breeze. Tick nodded and set the coordinates into the flight computer. Slowly the ship turned and began its descent to their new home. The forest reminded Jack of giant redwood forests of Earth, massive towering trees that looked like living skyscrapers. They decided to hide the ship in a large cave out of sight, so they would be properly powered down and conserve its fuel supply, just in case they needed it. While Tick was scouting the place for prey to hunt for food, Jack was scouting for a place for them to set up home. He smiled as he thought about him moving a house that they built with their own hands, just him and his alien life mate slash wife. Sometimes life throws you a curveball, and sometimes you hit a home run off it. Thanks to the tech that was on the ship, it took Jack no time to f- at all to fell the trees he needed to make the house. The forest was an amazing place, so full of life of every variety, from what looked like small songbirds that even sang, 
to small canines that reminded him of foxes running around, curious of their newest residence. They lived on the ship for the entire three weeks it took them to make the bulk of the house. He had to admit it was fun watching Tick get into grips with the building things instead of killing things. But she took to it like a duck to water. Her immense strength came in rather handy while they were connecting up the framework and where they had to raise the roof. But finally, with many cut fingers, hammered thumbs, curses shouted in both languages, they had now had a home to call their own. After a further two whole months, the place was complete to the level that they could truly call it a home. A two-storey house made from huge wooden logs and planks stood like a sentinel on a flat plateau that overlooked the main bulk of the forest and the plains below. Inside the house was furniture that had been hand-carved from wood and was softened by the skins of various animals Tick had hunted. The walls were already covered in skulls that had been mounted to them as a number of places, trophies from their hunts. The cutlery was metal made in a forge that Jack had set up behind the house. He would spend hours making things from utensils to bullets for his guns. Tick loved to watch him work the forge, would happily sit on a massive swing chair that overlooked it while she polished the skulls from her latest hunt. Jack put the finishing touches to a dagger that he'd been working on for Tick. It was made from a metal he'd found here that was as light as aluminium but as strong as titanium. It was a nightmare to forge, but the results were more than worth it. He ran the polishing tools over the long curved blade, which flashed gold silver in the sunlight, but with a hadded int of shadowness to it that made an almost black finish when light wasn't upon it. The handle had been made from the tusks of something that reminded Jack of a massive crocodile crossed with a lion. Tick had found the beast living a few miles away in a swampy area. Tick being Tick, not only killed it, but she dragged the whole damn thing all the way back to the house to show him. It had come in rather handy, though, for making the grip of the dagger. He'd also managed to find some blue gemstones that looked like sapphires down in the mine he'd made for digging up the metals. He'd set two of them into the hilt and polished them up, so apparently sapphire blue was her favourite colour. Jack found Tick at her work desk, furiously working on a skull with her polishing tools. Hey, sweetheart, got something for you, he said, sliding up behind the big huntress. She looked away from her work and spotted what he was holding in his hands. Her face lit up as she saw the massive curved dagger. For me? she asked. Know any other gorgeous Yuta huntresses I should give presents of love to then, do you? he said playfully. She smiled and gently punched him in the shoulder for teasing her. Taking the dagger from him, she admired the craftsmanship of the blade. It's wonderful. Many praise shall fall to this weapon. I shall call it love's fury, she said proudly, holding up the dagger in her big hand. A sudden wave of pain gripped her and she doubled over. Tick, are you all right, my love? Jack said, rushing in to grip her and hold her up. Cramps, she said. He shook his head. Okay, proud huntress or not, that's the third time this week. We're going to the ship to use the medical scanner, he said, guiding her by the hand. The last few times she had resisted this. Now, this time she allowed her mate to lead her by the hand and shoulder out of the house and to the ship. As the ship powered up, the med bay computers tickly down on the bed. The scanner ran over her body a few times before it picture, brought up a picture of a hologram. There was a red circle around her abdominal area and text began running up. 
Jack tried to read it, but his Yajuta wasn't strong enough for yet to grasp it. He turned and wasn't instantly caught in a whirlwind of emotions passing over his face. What is it? he asked in a worried tone. Tick turned to look at him, and her face cracked into a huge smile. And for only the second time ever in the lives together, he saw Tick tears in her eyes. Ack, I'm pregnant. I'm carrying your cubs, she said. We're going to be parents? he asked in total disbelief. She nodded, trying to read his face. Jack's heart nearly exploded in his chest, and he just threw his arms around his mate and sobbed for sheer joy into her shoulder. Ladies and gentlemen, it was chapter 21 of Hunter Hunted. So a new life and a new beginning await our two heroes. And now, new life to join them on their adventures. Well, to find out what happens next, you're going to have to tune in next time. So, until next time, this is Ghost Nobody signing off and saying, I'll see you next time.